How's it going, everybody? This is Dailies to Downloads. My name is Chad. With me is Eric. We are back with you this week, uh, hopefully back to a consistent schedule. Right, Eric? <laughs> what is it? Have we passed uh, Memorial Day yet? Or where I, I couldn't even tell you where almost, we are. It's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. Uh, God, I got to get something. Well, uh, this week we decided it might be a little old, but we decided we would come at you with a review of The Conjuring the devil made me do it. I'm sure the conjuring colon, as Eric pointed out before we got on colon, the devil made me do it. Not the conjuring three. It could also be known as conjuring three, according to Wikipedia, but right. But then if you respect the conjuring universe, it's uh, the conjuring, what, nine, eight, depending on. Yeah. I don't know. So this movie was originally slated for a September 2020 release, but the film was obviously delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema decided to release it on June 4th, 2021, where it also had a simultaneous month-long release on HBO Max. And recently it has gone off of HBO Max. So in a way, I guess it's fitting to look at it now as it's uh, gone through that that journey. It uh, grossed 173 million on a budget of 39 million, and it did receive mixed reviews from critics. It was directed by Michael Chavez, and screenplay was by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, which is a long name. I mean, it's nothing like the guy, what was the Saw one? Goldfinger? Gold, yeah. <laughs> Goldfinger, yeah. Um, and the story is by James Wan and uh, Desley, De- Desley, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Um, never saying that gentleman's name again. But uh, so Michael Chavis, much like the Saw franchise would do, had directed in 2019, The Curse of La Yorona, you got to roll the L's, Eric. I don't know if you do that when you're talking. Uh, la, la Yon. I, it's like La Yorona. Yorona. I'm getting better at it. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, that is where he comes from in this regard. James Wan is still on board, but he's not directing it. And in my opinion, the uh, change is noticeable. Um, the Curse of La Yorona is not a very good movie. Um, but uh, Linda Cardellini notwithstanding because she can't do anything bad but the movie itself um, the movie itself is not anything to write home about so Eric where did you watch the, did you watch this on HBO Max or did you go to see it in theaters so I wound up seeing it in theaters and the reason that was is because I've reactivated my um, AMC you know monthly uh, stubs passing you know you can see like three movies a week so I, I just reactivated that uh after obviously pausing it due to uh things not being open for over a year um and I first earlier this was on I'm sorry I don't remember what day I saw it Saturday I want to say and but first I saw the latest Purge movie uh and then I came out and it was pouring rain has been happening a lot these past few days and so I said, you know what? Screw this. I think I'm going to go back inside and I'm going to see something else. And the and not that I didn't want to eventually see The Conjuring, the latest film, uh, but I, I wound up, that was the next thing starting within 10 minutes. And so I went and saw that. So uh, it was part of a, a double horror sequel 
day. And um, just like just like the Conjuring and Saw franchise, the latest Purge was also directed by somebody who's kind of risen up through the ranks um, to direct his first feature because he's worked on the other films, which as we talked about last time with the Saw films is sort of a mixed bag when you go through that system. Right. Well, yeah, I watched this one on HBO Max. Uh, I I love the the deal they worked out there, and uh, I need to I need to watch In the Heights. That's about to leave as well. But uh, I should have added that uh, the subtitle "The Devil Made Me Do It" is based on a murder trial that took place in 1981 in Connecticut, um, and it is loosely. You know, a vague plot description would be the Warrens investigate a murder that may be linked to demonic possession, as IMDb was would say. Uh, but obviously, this is based on something that actually happened. Although it's not the first film to be made about this particular case, there's also a movie from 1983 called The Demon Murder Case, which is like really the wow. no creative people in that room. <laughs> Wow. Um, and then there was the movie, I guess, not connected, called The Haunting in Connecticut, but I don't think that had anything to do with, oh, with yeah, yeah, that yeah. case. But you know, I guess, you know, honestly, it's tough to keep track of all the haunting movies that were released there for a period of time. It's, but, yes, all, all the ones that took place in Connecticut, mind you. It is. <laughs> Move. So, uh, before we get to what we think of this movie, I'll just say that uh, I, I saw The First Conjuring pretty much around the time it came out. I saw that one in theaters. Um, I actually didn't see The Conjuring 2 until this year. I had bought the digital code a long time ago, didn't watch it until recently. Uh, but I like both of those movies. Uh, in terms of haunted house movies, which I think are not easy to pull off, if you look back in the history of film, like there's a lot that have a lot of problems. But I, I thought that the first two Conjuring movies were good for what they were. They were, you know, creepy when they needed to be. They were kind of, you know, haunted house zany at times as well. But I liked the characters, the Warrens. I liked I like Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson in these roles. Um, and so I liked those first two movies. And I was looking forward to this one because they had, I guess, made it clear the powers of B, James Wan and uh, his crew had made it clear they wanted to get away from the haunted house approach and do something a little different. And I think that that was a cool idea in theory, but the way it was executed I think left a little bit to be desired. But uh, Eric, what do you think about the first two movies? Were you fans of theirs or have you not been a fan of this franchise at all? Uh, I, I liked the, the first one, especially. The first one I remember when that came out that actually felt like a return to, like you said, like we haven't really gotten a good haunted house ghost-like film in a, in, a, in a while and like a real like studio movie um so I enjoyed the first one the second one I actually don't recall even that much about uh, or like I know it's in London and I remember the whole thing with the with the child and everything but um it was refreshing for the first one and at the time I didn't think that this was going to be like a franchise it just it, it felt like it, it worked as its own thing and after James Wan came back to direct the second one, I feel like that's what he does. He directs uh, the first Saw, and then he kind of left, but kind of still was creatively involved. And then he directed the two Insidious, the first two Insidious movies, and then left and was creatively involved. And he directed the first two Conjurings, same sort of thing. Um, but yes, I did not think that the 
uh, the first film I liked a lot, Lily Taylor, I thought she, particularly because of her in it as well, and the whole thing in the basement and the clapping. And like, there are certain, you know, great scares in there that are, um, uh, I don't necessarily hate like the jump scare stuff, but it's used sparingly. And when they do use it in the first one, in my opinion, like it's used well. Um, and if you use it sparingly, then I think it, it, it's good. If you use it well, in every like scene, any, it's, really it's like anything else. It's how it's just what you said. It's how it's used. It's like, you know, uh, bathroom humor. You know, uh, some movies use it as a crutch or, you know, they use it in a way where it says they don't have anything else creative to throw at the audience. But other times it could be used in a really funny way, like, you know, like Dumb and Dumber, for example. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like the jump scares in the first one are used sparingly, but where they are used, uh, it, it works. It's effective. It's when you get manipulative and it's just a, there for an audience reaction that I tend to get annoyed, but yeah. And, that, and that's why I felt, yeah, watching, I won't go too far into the, into the new one, but watching the new one, like it was like the first time I'd seen a horror film in theaters, again, for the first time in over a year. And I forgot how... Um, when you don't have control over how loud the sound is in a theater, uh, like those jump scare things really annoy the hell out of me. And then like, and you know, they're coming because they indicate them. And then I'm like, almost like putting my hand over my ear because I don't want like, I, I just, it was so overused uh, in, in the latest one. Whereas at home, I can lower it a little bit. It doesn't have the same, like, I'm going to jump out of my chair because a rat jumped out of a cereal box sort of effect. In terms of this one, you know, I would certainly certainly say that this is the weakest installment of this trilogy. Now, is it the weakest installment of the whole Conjuring universe? I don't know. I have not seen every movie on the, in in this franchise, but uh, I I think that what made the first two enjoyable, they certainly went away from, and I understand why they went away from it. The plot is intriguing enough, I think, but. My biggest issue was that with this was the fact that the Warrens' abilities now have become akin to superheroes, and I thought that was ridiculous. Like in terms of you know Lorraine Warren specifically, and how you know the visions that she has, and you know how she's able to do these different things to help solve the cases. It was just it was just very very over the top and a little bit difficult to swallow for me. Yeah, it, it almost like, cause I, yeah, I really did not like this one at all. And it really makes me think more so with the other ones. Cause I felt like, yes, they are like the leads of the other two films, but I don't know. It's, it, it, this one felt very much about them more so yeah. uh, where they were really the leads. And like, like we have to learn all about their marriage and their love and how they met each other. It's like, well, the, like and like, and yeah, with the superpowers, they kind of, whatever you want to call it. Um, it really made me walk away saying, okay, so these people are a bunch of like frauds, like, so, which I don't think is what the movie wants you to think. Uh, you know, well, but no, like, because Lorraine Warren up until she died was a consultant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But, but like after enough of these stories and this one especially, I'm like, okay, it sounds like they were completely full of shit. Um, and my biggest, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you, well, when you look into the actual facts of these, see, I suspend disbelief when I watch these movies. I just throw myself into a horror movie frame of mind. But when you take yourself out of that and you look up actual facts about these people 
and some of the controversies and what they could prove, what they couldn't prove, then that sort of vision and that ceiling or that window really starts to come down because it, uh, there, there was a lot of controversy surrounding the Warrens. There really, really was. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me, the biggest thing too, which is getting away from the haunted house kind of aspect, which is almost, if not foolproof, like, can I actually say whether the Amityville horror, did the, did the ghost actually, I wasn't there, you weren't there, blah, blah, blah. They are actually saying, I want, you know, who I want to hear from is the family of the guy who was murdered in this case. Right. To see a movie that says it's just nice Arnie who was a, you know, a soldier who self-sacrificed to get the demon into him from a little boy. And he right. and the demon made him kill this guy. I want to hear from the family of the guy who died, who was murdered, and see how they feel about this puff piece about this dude who, um, uh, you know, had an attractive girlfriend and they loved each other through and through and, and you know, only got five years in prison. And, and, and I was just like, this feels very gross. And again, made me feel less about the Warrens and less about the movie does say the devil made him do it. Right. And if you're going to do that with real life stuff, like, are you are we going to do this with OJ next? Like, who are we going to do this with? You know, uh, there was uh, never yeah. any question in this movie. They never left anything to to be a mystery. It was definitely, yeah. well, we know the devil made this guy do it. Yep. He's yeah. he's innocent. So it, it opened it opens up with him sacrificing himself to get the demon out of a little boy. Um right. You know, which I think is also what uh, you know Pee Wee Herman used as an excuse. No, uh, but like you know, it's so it's it's so he becomes uh, the devil inside of him that causes him to murder one person, and 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 that's it. And it yeah. does it does kind of like make you look at these people differently, and look at the entire universe that they've created in a different way. It's like, well, if you're trying to be realistic here, and you're involving the law. <laughs> yeah and, and like real people that's why i think you could get away with it in the haunted house genre right once you're doing real murders uh i i, I just think that opens up a whole new can of worms and yeah i try to suspend my disbelief in terms of based on a true story thing as well but i spoke to another friend who had seen it recently and he's like well i assume most of the things would be accurate i'm like you should never you should definitely not assume. i'm like is there a demonic witch daughter of the priest is that a real person? Are those real things? Like, right. what is fact? Not that I would normally care, but the movie also wants to have its cake and eat it, eat it too. By the way, it always does the opening credit scrawl with the text in the typewriter font, which makes you think this is a serious movie, you know? And it ends that way always with the archival footage and blah, blah, blah. So it definitely wants to be taken as a serious approach. Yes. But I think that all falls apart with this, with this one, definitely. Yeah, and yeah, you got to really be careful when, like, people when they watch these movies, if they think that everything happened exactly this way, um, it's, it's, it makes me like really appreciate unsolved mysteries more. Yeah, and I didn't read <laughs> too they, much. They presented those things in a way that it was like, well, this is what some people believe, but we don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, and I didn't look into that. That that there's an elderly man who is a priest or a former priest or whatever he is, and. Spoiler, he has a daughter who's into witchcraft, as all priests who happen to have children's children are into witchcraft somehow. It's a 
terrible. I guess that's real despite their death. But um, and that's the reason why all this stuff is sort of happening, I guess. Yeah. Well, did they make all that up just to like show that Arnie's innocent? young man <laughs> like i'm well, sure they connected certain dots that weren't connected to make the plot more cohesive um yeah i mean i'm glad you brought him up though because although the characters and the way everything was supposed to be joined and given a nice tidy bow was annoying um i did love the fact that it was john noble uh who doesn't act enough yeah. and uh, i was a huge fan of fringe so i'm sure he's worked since then but i have not seen him in much since then so at first I really didn't know who that was when they went to see him. And I was, you know, once he, once the voice starts, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's John Noble. And, you know, wow, he's gotten a lot older, obviously, but uh, he's still got, you know, the same sense of humor in his characters that he had on Fringe. That has not changed, which I thought was interesting. So, uh, I, yeah, I actually did not place, he looked familiar to me and that voice is, but I, I've never seen Fringe. I, I'm actually trying to think of what I would have known him. Probably from. not much. Like he, he, just he looks does, or sounds he, like someone I would, you know. Yeah, he is in other stuff, but I, I think that there's always so many other older actors that are probably competing for the same roles or just automatically given the roles that he is he would be shooting for that he just or maybe he just doesn't want to act a lot. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Uh, from an acting standpoint, I thought the movie was okay. Uh, I, I didn't really have a problem with the performances. I just had a problem with the screenplay, really. That was my biggest issue with it. And I will say about Michael Chavez's direction, I don't think he had the control nor the sense of subtlety that uh, James Wan did. Uh, you know, you can tell that he, the, the same sort of approach is not is not really given here um despite the fact that it's a different plot uh so what did you think about him as a director i don't know if you saw the curse of uh, la llorona i did i i, I did see, i i couldn't recall too much about it oh well one thing yeah. I, I i've seen like i think i've seen most of them yeah um and this kind of goes to like a larger point about this something i absolutely hate the marvelification of of films now uh, that we have a conjuring universe I cannot think of three words if we include the that should not be together. The Conjuring Universe, like what it's become now, is obviously an episodic thing where it's the crazy Warren's um, backroom collection of items, right? right? And it's just like this week's episode is that. It reminds sword. me of Friday the Thirteenth, the TV series. The TV series, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. It's exactly like that with a higher budget, a lot higher budget, but it's that exact same thing. And so these films always have the exact same formula. And it always ends with them, you know, collecting the item and placing it into the, you know, into the back room as if to like imply it's always, over. Always near Annabelle. Always near Annabelle. Always she's she's got to appear, even if there's no reason for her to be there. Yes. And, and Annabelle also is like, she's not like, a, I was so disappointed that I thought she was like a Chucky kind of thing, but she's not alive. It's just like, it goes spirits through her. So even she feels like a waste. It just sells a lot of shirts at hot topic but like whatever uh yeah it, it anyway it all it all goes to that same formula so the direction of that front i think it really leans into the jump scares um and and some of which i feel like the conjuring universe has tried to stay away from but what i do like is that these are all period pieces um and so right. you you do get some nice um what do they call it needle drops and and, and there is an attention to detail 
on some of the, you know, you said it's like 1981. Um, so, uh, so I do appreciate those little touches in terms of the production design. Um, and of course, Yona, I think was in like the late seventies and that had like a sort of detective. 1973. 73? Okay. Yeah, close. Um, so I do appreciate that with this one, the like the cereal boxes and the cars and um, the stereos and and um, there is a nice shot I thought when um, Arnie is in the I say pet shop. What do we call it? Dog sanctuary? Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. You know, volunteer animal. You know, um, but yeah, where where he thinks he's being chased by the devil and like the everything goes red and like the music slows down to a crawl, um, which was like a nice stylistic flourish i thought but definitely um it feels like a somewhat cheap um imitation i guess of what and i don't blame him because i'm sure that's exactly what he's told to do and that's exactly why he was hired um but i just thought that was and it's tough too because i thought the things with arnie in the um uh asylum if you will um was so incredibly boring yeah He's just laying there convulsing, and there's a priest who who slips him not a forty, but a bottle of holy water, uh, and like it, 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 and then he convulses some more, and the girlfriend's chilling out there, and it is so dull. And they keep going back to it because that's the reason they came up with this story. But then they get as far away from it as they possibly can, um, where the real story is Rio Farmiga in a basement. Um, you know, it yeah. becomes that, um, and so that also I think drags it down to like almost two hour runtime that does not need to be no it, it didn't need to be that long i agree um and you know certain things were just telegraphed like you know the parts about the relationship you knew we we're going to come back um you know where lorraine keeps you know arguing with uh, her husband about going into situations alone and you know like you knew that all of these things were going to come back you know it would have been gutsy if you know they had incorporated more of the case if this would have been more of a departure from horror altogether i think that that would have been an interesting approach to do might would it have been more interesting who knows but it would have been another avenue to take uh fans of these movies were apprehensive about the fact that james wan was not returning as the director and uh you know as a result uh, you can see a decline in the movies which i guess is inevitable in in franchises you know they're not all going to be equally as great but uh, i don't know what I don't know where they go from here because from here, you know, you might as well give the Warrens costumes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just, and I, I feel like it was a real missed opportunity to not actually include more of the actual trial. We don't right. see any, which is in the trivia if people try to look it up. There's a lot that they didn't go into in this because they wanted to focus on, like you were saying earlier, on the Warrens and on the fact that, well, this guy's innocent, period. Yeah, yeah, and that it's obvious. Yeah, and yeah, the Warren stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't mind. They have good chemistry as actors, but I'm not interested. Really, like, they're a pretty vanilla couple. This one also brings in. We didn't mention the uh, that um, Patrick Wilson's character uh, has a has a bad heart. He's got a weak heart. Right. And of course, that becomes a plot point because you see it coming from 20 miles away. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, but that also, don't worry, is solved because they love each other. And she remembers to tell her husband to take his medicine, uh, you know? And so, like, it's like, come on. It's like, yes, we like these characters, but now you know we like these characters and you're really pushing that hard. It, it, yeah, it just feels like they, like, 
had a lack of passion with this one. And it's not just because the director is different. It just feels like a lot less effort went into making this one really intriguing and uh yeah and it's definitely yeah the the conjuring official movies the three were supposed i feel like supposed to be the ones that are the most taken care of you know as you know right. and then you have the side ones about oh do you remember the nun that you saw for five seconds here's a two-hour movie about the nun and here's <laughs> uh you know the, the three annabelle movies and blah 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 and it's like okay, but The Conjuring one's supposed to recenter the narrative and kind of right. you know, begin anew. And now this one just feels like any of the other ones uh, to me. Um, so it's like, where does it go from here? You could do a hundred of these and I think it's going to have more and more diminishing results. Like what's, what Jeffrey Dahmer are you going to do next and say he was possessed by the Chupacabra? Like, like I don't know. Hey, you know what? I would totally watch that. I really would. They can do it. Why not? Who's to say? Who's to say? You know, you can't prove it, was it? You know, so. So I'm on, uh, I'm on Letterboxd as well, and I was reviewing this, and I liked what one person said when they equated the Warrens to this series as Robert Langdon is to the Dan Brown adaptations, uh, which is, which is very, very true. Although Dan, although Robert Langdon is a fictional character, and yeah. the Warrens were real. But that's yeah. kind of what they become, and that's not really the comparison you want. Although I like those, the Robert Langdon movies, but that's not really the comparison you want because it's fiction versus what's supposed to be. Yeah, based. You're on right. Yeah, they, they have become almost like the detectives who are our, who we hold. Even in the non-conjuring side movies, they always like bookend it, open and close it with like with Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. So I'm sure they get a nice kickback check for doing three minutes of work at the end and beginning of each of these movies to kind of link them all together. But um, but yeah, it definitely now with this one makes me think that they were just opportunistic. So, uh, you know, a murderer say that the devil maybe do it and then they tried to get some, um, some cash out of it. But, but that never is really addressed uh, either. Right. I, I, I do, I would like to see more of their actual interviews. The movie concludes with like, our actual archival footage yeah. of the real Warrens. Um, not that I, I think now, I think they're a bunch of hucksters, but you know, it still seems somewhat interesting to me at the end of the movie. Right, yeah, and that's what I mean. Uh, you know, they, I, you know, I like it when the movies, whether regardless of these or any movies, if you limit it to photographs, because if you open it up to more than just photographs. If you incorporate actual archival footage, then you really need to be careful as to how you portrayed the events and how you portrayed the people, because then you start to compare instantly, okay, what was real, what wasn't? What was Hollywood, what wasn't? And that's a problem in this case. I mean, because, you know, if you've seen the actual Annabelle, she doesn't look like the Annabelle in the movies, like not even a little bit. But like, yeah, that's a good point because this movie concludes with using archival photos up against the image of the scene from the movie. Right. Like, here's Arnie getting out of the prison truck handcuffed and he's standing just like the real Arnie. I'm like, okay, well, wow, incredible. Must be 100% fact. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, all right, there's his girlfriend who has this big funky hat. And that's the same hat she was wearing. Like, wow, what do you freaking do? Like, you know, okay, well, I, I believe it now. I, I'm totally on board. <laughs> 
So what do you think, Eric? Do you think that this movie would have made more money had it been released in a regular, uh, in a regular way without the, yeah. without the pandemic? I think, I think for all those HBO Max movies, they have to come with that asterisk, um, especially since they, unlike Disney Plus and uh, I know Paramount Plus is going to be doing this as well, they don't come with an extra fee. Right. Um, so, so I definitely think people have been talking a lot about In the Heights did not do as well financially at the box office as other movies. But it's like, yeah, when you can also just pay 15 bucks to have HBO Max for a month, if you so right. wish, or a free trial, I imagine you could do. Um, of course, most people would take that option. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so, so I definitely think it did. Yeah. Um, but only HBO Max knows those streaming numbers. Um, it'll be interesting for something like Black Widow, which is coming out, where you can watch it on Disney Plus for 30 bucks. That seems like a significant price, but who knows? But Yeah, and you know what? I, I will be totally honest. I will I'll probably be paying that. Um, and you know, I'll, it'll probably be other people invited over, <laughs> like family members yeah, yeah. and such that want to watch it. And uh, or even yeah, adult, you can like, FaceTime me and just like put the phone up to the right. screen. I'll watch it through that, you know? Absolutely. We'll give you a profile on our account. Yes, yes, um, yes. Thank you. you know, so because it'll pay for itself in that way. And uh, I mean, if all five of my family members, including myself, are watching it, then it pays for itself right away. You know, well, you that, is a steep price, but. Will you do that for Jungle Cruise? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. not. You know, just say they're there. Although Paul Giamatti's in it, so you know that might put me over the edge. Yeah, there was a character he, he, he poster. An animal? Or is he? <laughs> I'll, I'll put that up in our video. Uh, a character okay. poster of Paul Giamatti, but uh, if it gets like rave reviews, then I don't know. I could be convinced. But yeah, but yeah, you're. It'll definitely be interesting. I haven't seen the latest Pixar one, which was funny enough released for, for quote, free. Unquote, free. Yeah, uh, on Disney Plus. So um, yeah, we're right in the middle of that one. Yeah, I think HBO Max will, after the 2021 year is over, they will not continue this. Because I think, as we spoke about in the past, it's pissed off so many filmmakers, this decision, yeah. that I think they're going to not do that. But I don't think, I don't think that this, um, like, the you know, a simultaneous release thing will start. I do think that the window from theaters to streaming has been forever changed. Uh, you know by these situations though um and I, I think i just read what was it universal and uh somebody else you know no no more than four months between you know the release of movies in theater to to streaming services so uh, yeah which is but uh yeah so let us know what you think of the conjuring colon the devil made me do it you let us know if it. you've yeah. ever blamed anything on the devil um and if you were successful in in your accusation and you know what even if you've never seen these movies um if your name is arnie please go ahead and comment on our on our video because uh what yes. is your name to have that's true yes this this movie proves that if you just say the devil made you do it yes you may get five years from murder but i mean that's still not terrible and your girlfriend can visit you every day apparently so and warrens will have believed you the warrant yes they're, they're no longer with us but just know that they would have totally bought your your yeah. bs <laughs> all right well please check us out on apple Podcasts and spotify if you'd rather listen to us uh give us a five-star review there and uh for eric my name is chad and we will see you next week ah!